podcast. Uh, first of all, I would like to apologize to my faithful listeners because you guys messaged me asking me what happened last week. I could not record, so I apologize. All right, so on this week's episode, I am joined by my best friend again. Say hello, best friend. It's me, Jamiri. Hello. Hello. How are you, sis? I'm good. How are you, sis? I'm good. I'm good. I'm still kind of how do I say it? Kind of like recuperating from Thanksgiving because I was up since early cooking and it was a good time though. It was a very good time seeing my family, but I, I agree. I definitely enjoyed this Thanksgiving. I mean, it had its good moments and obviously, you know, it's, it's sad moments, but for the most part, I cannot complain. I had all my kids with me. I had um, my family, so it was good. It was dope. Amen. I touch and agree with that. Yeah, I was definitely kind of bittersweet. It was good because, you know, I got to see my family. I was with all my kids as well. Um, But it was definitely hard. I had a little moment while I was cutting the turkey because, you know, my dad was the one that cut last year's turkey and he's no longer with us. Um, So it was kind of difficult. And we also missed Jennifer um, I hope you're listening and we love you and we, you were very, very dearly missed. Yes, ma'am. But on this week's episode, sis, I wanted to just chit chat with you and touch on a couple subjects. The first one that I would like to, well, I want to talk about like struggles as a single mom. You are in a relationship, um, but you're in a relationship with someone that's not the father of your children. Um, and technically you're a single parent. Um, So I wanted to touch about like single mom struggles because it's hard. It's hard out here. So that's the first subject that I wanted to touch on. And yeah, we can just chit chat about like single mom struggles. Like my main thing, there's a lot that I struggle with as a single mom of five. But the main thing is making sure that I'm spending time with all of them equally. It's hard. It is really hard to juggle your time to make sure that you're spending one-on-one time with all of them. It is definitely hard to get the whole like time management when it comes to parenting, because our time is so demanded in like so many different, like, how do I say it? Directions. Like we're a parent at, to make sure that they eat, make sure that, you know, they're clothed. We also have to go out and make the bread because we have to sustain what they need and also have to, put like shut off our own tiredness or like you know going whatever own struggles or problems or mental things that we are dealing with on our own as a human put all that to the side and then on top of that have to create time to spend to make sure that they feel that love and that connection and hey I'm here so parenting is not easy man like yeah and then doing it single completely like and then adding the quantity of children on top of that like it's oh my god for sure like yes so you have three and I have five and it is definitely hard because I feel like the more quantity of children that you have the harder it is to ensure that they all feel loved by you equally that they don't feel that you have favoritism that you don't feel like you're you know with me it was hard in a way because you know, Carla and Nano are five years apart, and then Joshua and Nano are four years apart. So I kind of waited a little bit between them. But then as soon as I had Joshua, I had the twins. So I had a one-year-old and two newborns. So my time was so consumed with the three little ones, and it still kind of is. So I still struggle with that, with making sure that Am I spending enough time with Nano? Am I spending enough time with Carla? Are they feeling loved by me? Like I wanted to include them, but it is so hard because you know that ever since I had the twins, well, actually Joshua, I haven't had anyone there. You know, I've been 
I've been by myself. Like I've been single to the T, you know what I'm saying? Like I haven't had any help. Mom and Jay were actually the two that stayed with me the first two weeks that I had the twins to make sure that I was, I had enough help with feeding all of them. And you know what I'm saying? I was catching up, getting some, some rest and it was hard if it wasn't for them. Like, I don't know how I would have done it for real. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. I mean, every time I think about it, I, I only, I, I get the, um, the flashback of that picture of you that you posted where you're sitting on the floor and you literally have one in your lap feeding it and you're feeding the other or burping the other one. And then like Josh is in a bouncer. So it was just like parenting. If it could be captured in a picture, what like your life, those, you know, that moment, that picture comes to me every time. It's crazy. It is. If I could, it bodies like everything. And I couldn't imagine girl kids alone are hard I can imagine two at the same time like what and then you have a newborn uh, you have two newborns or two babies and then a one-year-old which technically a one-year-old is still a baby like they still require you to bathe them feed them you know what I'm saying like yeah they can walk into the stage of independence barely you know like so so yeah. so that's definitely one of the struggles that I struggle with, just making sure that I'm spending enough time with all of them equally and that they all feel loved by me, like equally, that they don't feel any favoritism. And then there's a saying that mom said when we were growing up. I don't know if you remember this, but she used to always say, mm-hmm. you never love your kids one more than the other. You just love them all different, differently, but equally. Yeah, that I now is- understand. Thank you. I relate to that so much because I'm like, oh, that you brought that back because I used to think at the moment, like, what is she trying to say? Like, right. It makes no sense. For all your kids, you should love them all the same. And, you know, right. and just speaking out of out of experience is what it was. But now being a mom and seeing this is what she meant. Mm-hmm. It completely, I completely understand that. And it is true. I mean, from my perspective, it is. It is. I wholeheartedly agree too, because every child is different. Every single child is different. The way that they show you love is different. And the way that you love the way they, or she, the way they receive it is different yes, too. Yes, for sure. But yeah, that's one of the main struggles. Another thing um, as a single mom that I struggle with is guilt especially because they don't have the other parent in the home. Like I feel so guilty sometimes, like, you know, I don't want them to, and I know they don't think like this, but this is like, like guilt thoughts that I get sometimes where, you know, I'm so sorry that I didn't give you a two parent household. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so sorry that you, like, I, I know I'm not in control of other people's actions, um, right. I know I'm not in control of making anybody be there or not want to be there. Like what other people do is out of my control, but I still can't help but feel guilty sometimes. No, I completely agree. So for me, it's a little different than, well, no, I think our stories are kind of pretty similar because between the two fathers that we share one you know, it's pretty active. And then the other one is completely absent. Which and then, is, I relate to that so much because, you know. Now, let me not. Okay. Let me, let me, this is where I hate doing these type of topics because I don't want to throw shade or anything because, you know, I just want to use my words wisely, but like, you know, you see progress. And I guess that's the frustrating part on my end with one of my kids, you know, one of the fathers of my kids is like, I see progress and I know there's potential, but then sometimes, you you know, the enemy comes in, causes whatever it happens. And then you kind of go like 10 steps back. So you kind of just see like all the hard work, where did it go? You know what I mean? Where, and then I, I also want to touch and I have to remind myself what you just said, like, I'm not in control of other people's emotions. And so my guilt, I think is different for me. I find myself more so like guilty of like, dang, I was so young when I had decided to have kids. I didn't see the importance of what choosing the right partner, mm-hmm. you know, really entitled what qualities to look for in a man before you make that step, you know, or make that decision. I guess I just didn't realize how life changing and how important 
such a, what we put, you know, what we think is such a small decision realistically is so much bigger and holds way more weight than what we give it. And then, and then we also don't even realize that it's not just these nine months and the baby's here. No, like this person's with you and you have to have some sort of connection, communication and respect for the rest of your life. Like Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't end, you know, as long as this child is alive and thriving, you have to deal with this person. So I feel like a lot of those factors never get talked about, never even get considered when, you know, we find ourselves in these situations and it, I mean, going back, I wish I had all this knowledge, you know, I would have done things differently, but you know, it's my testimony. It was my journey. I had to walk through, you know, that, that life. So it is what it is. Girl, you hit the nail on the head when you said you don't realize the things that come into play or into factor when you decide to lay down and have a baby with someone. Because I remember a few years ago, um, if, if those of you that are listening and don't know, I have a child who was diagnosed with ADHD. And before he was diagnosed with ADHD, he was just all over the place. And I was just like, you know, he was my my child. He was. We all have one that's kind of like, okay, he's going to give me a run for my money or she's going to give me a run for my money. And I remember that it started when Jaden was in, in, in daycare and I was just having a difficult time. He was you know, behavior acting out. And I'm just like, what is it? And then when we finally took him, got him diagnosed with ADHD and stuff. And like, I sat there one time and I was thinking, and I was like, you never realize the importance of what DNA does. Having people with DNA, with their genes, like what is, what is carried on in their heritage, in their, in their love, what do you call it? Bloodline. You know what I'm saying? Like, autism, ADHD, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that, that, that is so important. You don't think about that when you're like 17, 18, 19, or in, even in your early twenties, having kids. About the 30 to an hour fun time you're about to have, not realizing that that could totally affect your life. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I just, I think that that's the guilt for me. I go back and think like, dang, I should have took it more seriously. Mm-hmm. I should have been more like, you know, more, in the moment and more aware of what I was doing. I really don't even know, to be honest, what the heck Jamiri was doing at 13 hunching. I don't get it. Like girl, somebody should have been beating me. That's all I got to say. But like, (laughs) it's just crazy to think back and be like, bro, that was me. Like what? But it is what it is. I got two beautiful girls out of that relationship and I would just never like. Another thing that I, that I wanted to say is I I've mentioned this to you before and I'm pretty sure you're going to like say, okay. And yeah, when I say it, but it is so like, I had a realization too, not too long ago where the, the actions of one of my children's father that he was doing or the lack of was bothering me more than the other. And I'm like, hold up. I needed to check myself because I'm like, I remember. I remember that time. I remember you came to me. I remember that. And I'm like, I need to check myself because why is one's action bothering me more than the other? Like I should be holding both accountable to the same standard. You know what I'm saying? They, they both need to step up. I'm not going to lie. I found myself in that place. And I think I shared that with you where I was, you know, I was taking one's lack so much more like offended. Harder, right. And it was kind of like, wait a minute, they both should be held to the same standard. What is the difference between two? You know what I mean? So yeah, we had it. It's just all in mindset and perspective. Once you get that, you know, that correction, then you move forward and you move out of that. Right. Mine was with my oldest two dad, how he was completely absent. And to me, I kind of almost excused it. Like, well, he's always been like that. So I can't expect any better. No, he should be, you know what I'm saying? I should be just as upset with him as I am with the other one. You know what I'm saying? Like they should both be stepping it up and doing what they need to do as fathers. So another guilt thing that I wanted to talk about was I feel so guilty sometimes that they don't, they only have my side of the family. Does that make sense? I can agree to like for some of my kids. Yes, I understand that. Like, it's like, dang, I only, you only have my side to count on. Like you don't even know your 
aunts. Actually, for all of my kids, I'm going to be honest, they don't even know grandmas on the dad's side. They know their name, but they've never had a relationship with them. They've never had relationship with aunts and uncles from their dad's side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate for the girls. I mean, they know who, you know, their grandma is from dad's side. I'm sure that they've done pop-ups, but to have like a relationship, I don't see them like at least I can only speak from my perspective and none of them have ever reached out to me in regards to their nieces or, you know, grandchildren or, and whatever, if they do to their dad, as they should reach out, you know, on their dad's side, then that's between them. I'm not aware, but yeah, I, I can understand you in that aspect. I don't, I don't feel like they've utilized and spent the time that they should with that side of the family. Whereas my son is fortunate and he does know who his aunts and uncles mm-hmm. are from both sides. Grandma is from both sides, you know? So I honestly, see, and crazy. that's how it should be. Like that's how it like, should be. Exactly. When you're able to, you know, like go through, cause I mean, I don't know who knows, like being married to somebody, I was married to junior's dad. So being married and then divorcing and having the ability to like still keep the children you know, and, and their desires and what's best for them mm-hmm. ahead of our emotions and our situations is what every parent should do when, you know, splitting up and separating is the outcome of their relationship. Like, that's what you want to do. You want to take the most peaceful route and still keep, because I mean, to me, at the end of the day, it's about junior. And if I get to see him talk about, you know, how excited he gets about talking about his uncle or skating with his uncle or going to the store with his grandma or Lita, how he calls her, whatever the case is, you know, just seeing that he has relationships with them. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy, you know, because he gets to, it's who he is, man. Like he's half Cuban. He's half Puerto Rican. Like I can't show him nothing Cuban. You know, that's, that's his dad's side to take care of. So, and it's who he is. It's half of who he is. So right. I want him to know. And so I want the same for my girl and it kind of, you know, like it goes back to what you said. I cannot change people's actions and hearts and mindsets. I just got to keep praying. Which brings me to the second subject that I wanted to talk about is absent parents. Like I saw a quote on Facebook that said, which one is worse, a deadbeat or a father who chooses to be there and not be there and come back and play peekaboo with the child? Can I be honest? I think they both suck. I don't think neither one of them are good. But I mean, I agree. I agree with you to a certain extent. If I had to choose, I'm not going to lie. If I had to choose, I would, I would still take the inconsistency because at the end of the day, my son or my daughter, daughters are going to formulate their own opinion of that parent based off of that. So if, if he wants to be completely absent, then they're going to, think what they want of you by because you were never there but if you chose to be there and then you know and then they have an issue with it they have their own they're gonna be at an age where they question you on that I guess to me am I because mom never did it to me you know when when dad left and did what he did before he came back and fixed his wrongs like mom never tainted that for us right you know and she kind of let us make the own judgment of whether we wanted to give him a second chance or not she left that in our hands so I kind of took that with me and whether I have an absent that, you know, father to my kids, which I do have one. And then I have one that is present. I, I see both and I see both sides. I see what it does to the kids both ways, you know, what it affects one and what affects the other. So to me, that's why I say they both suck. But if, if I had to choose, I would rather him be inconsistent because I do see that even in those little moments of them being around, they still get joy out of that. Right. You know, it still gives them memories and things to hold on to. So I'd rather take that. And then pray that God, you know, does a turnaround how he did for us and let that be their story. But I personally, I say all that to say, I would never get in the middle of it and I would never be in the middle of their, or be a, a influence to, of, of how they see their fathers. I want them to see their dad, how they see their dad through their own eyes, through and their own their own opinion of him. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel you, um, my oldest two do have an absent parent, um, father he was never absent like he was not a deadbeat period he just he was there very much involved with my daughter until she was about five years old I rem- he would 
he was there since she was born. When he was five years old, um, I had Nano. And then shortly right after I had Nano, he went to prison. He went to prison for years. And when he came out, Nano was already turning four or five. I think he was turning maybe five. So he didn't really have a bond or had time to bond with Nano. But he came out and I feel like he had that chance to bond with his son. You know what I'm saying? Because let's be let's be 100. Like a child doesn't really remember their first five years. They might here and there. But at five years old, you still have the chance to mend a relationship that was broken. Tracy, our dad came back into our life when we were dang near adults. Yeah. So it's never too late. It's never too late to mend any relationship. So I'm just I'm just he, a little he, he, even till today he still has the opportunity to be like, yo, Yadiel, you know, I did this, this, and this. Let me right my wrongs. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact the way that you're raising your children, they will. It might be hard at first, but they mm-hmm. will give a second. You stand for forgiveness. That's who you are. So I, it's like they're gonna learn that forgiveness behavior from seeing you do it. And yeah. walk and see you walk it out. So I know for a fact they'll forgive. It's just he hasn't put himself in that position to even be forgiven. I pray for him all the time to be so 100 with you, Jamari. I pray that God touches his heart to the point where he does want to mend the relationship, not only with his son, but with his daughter. Because I know that my daughter may act tough and like she doesn't want anything to do with him. But I know for a fact she needs her father. Every, you know, every every child every, every child needs their dad i mean as much as we want to like say oh we got this no man there's certain things that men teach their daughters and men teach their teach sons, their sons. yep women teach you know their daughters and sons and this is just that's how god did it he's so in like perfect in his ways that mm-hmm. that we can't teach a, a boy how to be a man just like a guy can't teach a girl how to be a woman you know what i mean like it's just that's how it is I used to be one of those bitter baby mamas, and I'm going to be so 100 with you, that used to say, oh, happy Mother's Day and Father's Day to me because I am both mom and dad in my kid's life. And let me tell you, I have repented for that, and I've also been so wrong because when I started my walk with Jesus, and I remember Miss Amy told me this specifically, a man was built to be a father and a mother was built to be a mother. And there are gifts inside of each that only a mother can bring to a child and only a father can bring to a child. And a mother cannot be a father. You can try to play both roles and be there for that child, but you will never be able to teach a child what a father can and vice versa. And that is, I could not have been so wrong about that. And I admit it because I'm like, it is so true. It doesn't matter how good of a mother I try to be. I can bend over backwards and be the best mother for my children. But there will still always be a void inside of them that only their father can fill. That's completely accurate. Because mom did an amazing job with all the circumstances she was given. And even still we had that desire for Bobby, you know what I mean? So like, it didn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how over, like how over, because a lot of mothers do this, not just mothers, maybe fathers too, that get, you know, that fall with the responsibility of being a sole parent for their children too, because it happens. But we also tend to do that too, as another form of guilt for the last, for the absence of the other parent, we, we tend to either over love or over do things because of the lack that they are receiving. And that's something that, you know, is being brought to my attention that I can do better because I feel like in areas that I feel like, dang, you know, but they don't have that. I want to overdo and overcompensate for the lack. And that's not good either Mm -hmm. because I should do that because that's burning me out. Do what I'm capable of, what I was sent here to do and God will handle the rest. So a lot, you know, for whatever mom this is touching or for like, yeah, don't overcompensate out of guilt either. Cause that's just going to do just as much harm. For sure. I remember when I, when, when he was in prison, I did used to put, um, gifts under the tree for Carla for Christmas and I would put them from him. And I mean, obviously she was happy because she didn't know back then she was five, but now as an adult, she tells me, I wish you wouldn't have done that. Like you kind of gave me false hope. Like you kind of, you know, yeah, she's like, I wish you wouldn't have done that. And I was like, wow, I didn't really see it from that perspective. She's like, you know, you were kind of selling me dreams. You were putting gifts under the tree and I'm thinking I'm going to, you know, get my daddy back and this and that. Example of how we're overcompensating, thinking Mm -hmm. we're doing good. 
but really we're doing bad. And right. that honestly goes to, sh- I mean, that just brought up a, a, a learning lesson for me, a big, big, hard pill to swallow was my daughter. You know, she has, she was diagnosed with a condition that I never heard of, you know, I was like, what the hell? And so I honestly, I admit I withheld it from her. I never told her she mm-hmm. had this specific, you know, for multiple reasons. I thought I was doing good because I didn't want her to like clutch her success on that mm-hmm. and kind of like be like, oh, but I can't because I have this. And oh, I can't do this because I have, no, I didn't want her to use it as a crutch. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of felt like if I didn't tell her and I just spoke love and encouraged her that it wouldn't affect her and she'll be fine, which I, and then, and then seeing how she was graduating fifth grade with principals list, you know, and being accepted in, in all these art programs. And so I'm like, oh, I did a good job in doing that. And then I get the bombshell when she gets into ninth grade now this year going into high school and now she's involved in these meetings I was kind of having behind her back type mm. of stuff because it's affecting her academics now. Because now they're showing her more independence. They're preparing her for college, right. you know, so, which makes sense. I'm in total agreement with it, but I fail to realize they're going to expose me. And when they did, she came to me with that information and said, well, why didn't you tell me? Mm. You know, and I was like, oh, you know, dang, like I stripped that from you. Because all along, you're thinking, what's wrong with me? Because I'm learning this way. Right. And I'm thinking, I'm adjust this to not have you. But all along, you're, you're confused. And if I would have just gave you this information, you could have been able to deal with it. And man, was that a hard freaking pill to swallow. Yeah. But it just goes to show, you know, it's, it's man. It ain't easy. But no, we, we tend to do things out of love, thinking that we're doing good. But if we find out later you know, we, we didn't make the best judgment. <laughs> I mean, to be 100, being a parent is hard, whether you're single parent or you're with the other parent in a relationship, being a parent period is hard. It does not come with a manual. Not every child is the same. What might work for one child will not work for the other. You know what I'm saying? So we're all trying the best that we can. Um, for real. But I do want to say a quick message before we move on to the next subject is if you are an absent parent and you are not involved in your children's life, please, for the love of God, like I really hope that you find it, you speak, you seek the Lord and that you repent and that he prepares you because these children need you. Like these children need you. And if there's any areas of improvement of, of improvement that you feel you can be better on, like it, I know it's easier said than done. You cannot control other people's um, actions. But if you have a co-parent or a mother or a father that is willing to work with you, like for the love of God, like seek your children because you don't want, it's easier to repair. I think there's a quote that said it's easier to repair a broken child than a broken adult or something like that. And these things affect us to the point where it affects us as adults and our relationships and adulthood adulthood i can't talk it's this- like unnecessary baggage are taking into our adulthood and i mean i don't know i just feel like it's like i want to be understanding to these parents but then i can't be understanding you know because if i understand if I get understanding, like I didn't do that for me, you know, I was 13 for crying out loud and I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for a baby. Now, yes, many would say you put yourself in that situation. True. But a lot of people put themselves in situations as adults too, and still walk away. I didn't, I didn't have the, I mean, I did have the choice to walk away or adoption or other routes, but if I can do it is what I'm saying at 13 and I can put my big girl panties on, then y'all can too. Like right. y'all got to do what y'all got to do. Because at the end of the day, at this point, it's not about you no more, bro. Like it's right. not about you no more. At right. this point, we got to shift our mindset. We're we're living for others now. And I, I don't know if, if like they don't have, I don't know. I don't know if they're just so consumed with like brokenness and past traumas that they can't see past that to give their kids that. I really don't know. I'd I be trying to understand. I just don't get it. I don't I, I don't also understand. I also think that, some of them might think I've caused enough damage. I might as well keep going and not try. But like, how long did we go without talking to Poppy? And I know that not everyone is the same, but we went years without having our father. Years. Holding resentment, being bitter, angry with our father. And it wasn't until we were in our mid to early 20s 
which mm-hmm. years had passed that he started. And in the beginning, I'm not going to lie. It was hard. And we were kind of like feeling him out or mm, should well, we? Let's be 100. You were the one that was really giving him more time to even, you know, demonstrate any sort of change mm-hmm. because everyone else was just like, we were done. Completely shut off. You know? Right. And so seeing, we're like, wait, he's coming around, but wait, Joyce is giving him the time of day, but wait, he's actually trying. So it was really your open door mm-hmm. again. Like I say, you stand for forgiveness. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was your open door that allowed us to see, wait, he did change. You know, he does want to try. He is, he is probably sorry. Right. You know, he is sorry and wanted to fix his wrongs. You know what I mean? And, and it's okay. He had to go, the Lord had to deal with him. Who knows what was happening while he was going to sleep, you know, and what conversations he was having with God that made him, you know, have that epiphany moment to be like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I need to go back for my kids. Right. And I'm just glad that he had that moment before he was called home because I could not imagine being right now, not speaking to him. How would that have even affect me getting that news? You know, where would I have been? Like, right. I, it's just so many what ifs that I'm just so glad that I was where I was with him when it happened. because. I just, I pray the same, the same mending and the same restored relationships to all the broken father, son, and, or any parent child relationship out there. Like these kids really, really need you. And I just pray that if the father of our children hear this too, like this is not in any way, shape or form bashing or shade. Like we're just speaking what we see as mothers and how we know that it doesn't matter what we do. They still need you. Right. They, they just need to understand that like their role in these, it's so important. It is mm-hmm. so important. Sets them up for life, you know, and when you have a parent who is showing you rejection, who is showing you abandonment, you, you carry those feelings into your, like you said, adulthood, into relationships, being as an adult. And then you don't even realize that it all stemmed back from when you were eight, nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, no, this is definitely not to bad. That's why I said earlier, I, I have to use my words wisely because, you know, I've accepted certain things with the father of my kids. And I am honestly proud of some of the things that I see, you know, like, we've we're growing every time and who they were 10 years ago to who they are now mm-hmm. I, they're not the same people you know what I mean so I acknowledge the growth I acknowledge you know for what they do everyone's not perfect there's obviously room for growth me myself included I'm not the best mom I know I can do better but I also know that you can't come for me because my kids I mean like they're my life revolves around them so that that's that's a dead dud but I'm just saying you know what I mean? Like, for sure, for sure. But yeah, and it's so crazy how much our stories too are relate, like kind of the same, like the same scenarios. It's crazy. Honestly. Yes, we can. And then the last. We're about to relate in another aspect too. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're going to tap into another side of motherhood soon. How are you not getting my jits? I'm Come not. on, stay with me. We already got, we have two similar situations and I have one that you haven't stepped foot into yet. You're about to when y'all take it to that level. Oh! <laughs> oh! Here we go. Here okay. we go. Okay, I'm y'all. Not- I was having a blonde moment and my hair is black. Oh. Um. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. The last subject I wanted to touch on, sis, is Uh-oh. if we want to share, not if we, we're going to share, like, our beginning walk with Jesus. Like, how did our journey or walk start with Jesus? You can go first. Oh, so you, want, so you pretty much want me to tell you my testimony on how I met the Lord? Yes, on how, you know, did you grow up knowing about the Lord? Like, when was your first okay. encounter? Like, what called you to him? Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, because we kind of had the same childhood up until a certain point. We kind of did not grow up in, in any religious type of atmosphere. Um, I knew of God. Like, I knew we heard the word God. We heard the word devil. Like, I knew there was a heaven and hell. Um, we were honestly raised Catholic. So yes, being we baptized, were. I remember certain things. But no, I don't recall ever being heavy into church or having 
any rec- like recollection of a religion in my home. It wasn't until um, I met my son's father that I seen, you know, okay, he's a Christian man. He believes in God a lot. Like I didn't, like he was my first encounter of like of a believer when I'm talking about raised in church, you know, worshiped with music. So it was like, okay, what he got going on? But it, I didn't, it obviously didn't shun me from being interested. So that was that. Now it was one book that he had to be 100 with you. I think it's called The Stranger. I'll never forget it. And he gave me that book and I started reading that book. And it's funny that it's called The Stranger and The Stranger was Jesus. So it's pretty much telling you the story about a stranger and introduces you to Jesus. So when I finished that book, it left me just what I would say now, I understand. But back then it left a spiritual thirst in my soul. Mm -hmm. It was like, what is this water that refreshed me? I need more of it. And so it honestly, that book was the, my life changing there because my desire to know who he was, um, it started from that book. And then I remember honestly to touch on it too was, I, I mean, I got to give credit when it's due was seeing Courtney, our sister, you know, and her transformation from when I knew her and her seeing her go to city of praise and where the Lord was taking her. So it was kind of like the book led me to see, I guess, in the spirit, the growth of my sister, and then kind of like used her as like the direction of what church to go to. And then because I was like, sis, I need that church. Like, whatever you're doing, like, I need that. And so she's like, come whenever you want to and welcomed me in. And so seeing how that book kind of gravitated and then seeing my sister and her experience it it started from there went to city of praise next thing I know I'm baptized in the holy ghost I'm speaking in tongues I got my family looking at me like I'm crazy (laughs) like I'm possessed I remember literally I was like one of my prayers was like please God like help like draw my family in and baptize one of someone else because I don't want them to think like I'm crazy because they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like I really thought for a while, maybe that was the enemy, you know, using me to probably scare me away from my calling. But bro, I I dealt with a lot of fear in the beginning of my walk. And like, they're going to think I'm, you know, I'm on some stuff. They're not going to understand. They're going to think I'm doing too much. And yeah, I did. I battled a lot of that, but it was just something about Jesus, man, I, I can't even explain it. Like you get, do you remember? And it, you, and, sorry, ahead, sorry. Do, I remember? do you remember your first encounter with, with God or Jesus? Like, do you remember like the first, you were like the first sign that he showed you he was real or he heard you? Um, I can't sit here and say the first time, no, but I can tell you that it took like, it was like a period. Like it wasn't just one moment and oh my God, he's real. I think that Jesus kind of like revealed himself like layer per layer to me. And like, as I prayed for something and then it would come to pass. Okay. I'm okay. He is like, he is like, he kind of like made himself more real. The more that I like looked, the more I seeked, the more right. I, I set myself up for situations for him to, you know, come in and make himself be known. So I, I can't sit here and say the first time, no, but has he made himself known man? And many times, like till today he does. But the first time, no, I can tell you the first time I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget that. <laughs> but the first time with Jesus, nah, I can't sit here and put my finger on that one. So my uh, testimony or walk with Jesus is kind of like the same with yours. Um, we did grow up kind of being Catholic. I remember being baptized as a baby Catholic. I remember going to the Catholic church in Puerto Rico. I was very young, but I do remember, I do remember also that mom gave me like this pamphlet that had like the, like the, our, the, the um, Padre Nuestro, the, uh, the, what do you call it? Just, uh, yeah, I know. Like the prayer, the Padre Nuestro prayer. And she would tell me to read it. And I was practicing because I had a, you had to remember some stuff to do like the first communion. And I remember that I ha- I was practicing the pamphlet, but I never got to do it, but she wanted me to. Um, And I do remember like in the house, mom would talk about God and, you know, praying and this and that, but it was not something that we did religiously. We did not grow up going to church. None of that. My first, um, 
I remember that when you got really heavy into going to church and you started posting about Jesus and stuff in on Facebook, that kind of started attracting me. This was before what happened to Caden. Caden, the babies were like maybe okay. babies. So I remember that you started before Caden's abuse and you would post. And um, I remember that I was like, you know, it was a certain glow about you, like a certain light. And it was attracting me. And I remember that I would reach out to you and I would ask you questions. I don't know if you remember this, but I would be like, Jamari, um, how do you, how can you know, like God's voice? Like, how do you know? And then you were just like, in the Bible, it says that, you know, the, the sheep will know the father's voice or you would tell me things. And I'm like, some of the things you would tell me, I'd be like, girl, that made no sense. You just left me clueless or it's like, I'm still confused. But I remember I would right. reach out to you and ask you questions. And then, so that kind of started attracting me. And I remember seeing how happy you looked. And I remember that it, you didn't have a car and it did not matter. You was going to church. You would take the bus with the kids you was there faithfully like every Sunday Jamari was taking that bus they did not I was like dang like my sister really like I want some of Jesus if that's what you know if I want that glow and I want that happiness so but for me for me it really really hit me when Caden was abused and I was sitting in that hospital room and I remember pulling out my phone and I was praying. I was like, God, please show me that you're real. Like, if you show me that you're real and you save my son, like, I will turn my life to you. Like, I will be, you know, I will look for you wholeheartedly. Like, I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, and when he did and he saved my son, I was like, okay, that's when I started going to church, was doing the mommy and me, the Bible studies, um, you know what I'm saying? So that's how my walk started. But my big major thing that I was like, he answered my prayer was, of course, when he saved Caden. But there's many other testimonies where, like I tell people all the time, there's prayers that I pray and only you know you prayed it in your head or you prayed it out loud and the prayer is answered or whatever you ask for is given. Like, come on, can nobody tell me God ain't real because I only prayed to him or, about it. Or... Or like this is perfect. This is what I say like this is an example of how he would make himself real to me. Like you just said, you'll be in deep prayer. This is your one-on-one time with the Lord. You're pouring out your heart to Him. You go to church, and the Lord uses a pastor to with the same thing you were just on your face crying about, talking about. Oh, that's Saul. Give it three months. Da 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 da. And speaking on your situation, mm-hmm. you're like, hold on one second, because I know I was in my closet by myself crying out to the Lord. Like how you notice. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was those moments where it was like, bro, or just, you know, like being prophesied over, you know, if you're really being prophesied over a, a actual man of God, a woman of God who really has a connection with the Lord and a relationship, God's going to make himself known, trust and believe. He is going to use that vessel and he is going to use it to, to the T. So that's why I say you got to make sure the vessel is an actual believer and is talking to the, to the Lord, you know, because we do have them false ones. But man, if you get the real ones, I promise, like, it's kind of like it, it, he's undeniable. He makes himself like, und- like, there's just no way you can even fix your mouth to say, you know, how, like how my perspective, again, I don't want to offend anybody because I know not everybody is, but for me. Like when he made himself known for, in my life, like there, I don't see anything like I think, no other way. I think a lot of people also have a misconception of religion versus relationship with God. And I want to make it clear that I am not trying to push a religion to anyone. Like if anything, I am pushing relationship. Like I am going to be so honest. I don't remember the last time I stepped into church, into a church and it was pre COVID. Like the last time I went to an actual church was before COVID. And, but I will tell you, I pray every day to the Lord. I, I have a relationship with Jesus. I will read my devotionals. You know what I'm saying? I will share whatever word he puts on my heart. I will reach out to whoever. And you know, I'm notorious for this. When he puts something in my heart or he tells me, grab the phone and text this person, this and this and this. I'll do it. I will do it. And and literally be God given because it can be at the most strangest hour of the day. But that's the point. You have a relationship with him to be obedient enough to listen to his instructions at any given time of the day. Like it's not, and that has, that goes to relationship. This is not a religion and it sucks because throughout time, you know, our ancestors kind of made it that way. 
-hmm. it's all religion and you have to dress like this and you have to talk like this and why yes the bible does say these things but that's what grace and mercy is for that's why a relationship with god is important because god's gonna mold you and fix you up how you want to say it on your pace not everyone's going to move at the same pace not everyone is dealing with the same things not everyone is as bad or broken as everybody else you know what i mean so like right. the whole you're not doing it right but you're not moving quick enough that's all the enemy coming in to steal the joy to to destroy all of it to to take away from the growth like it you can't compare and that's why it's a relationship like and you have to spend time like you do in a relationship so that way you can recognize the voice so that way you can recognize the characteristics of what god stands for so then you know if you're moving in the right direction if you're standing for the right thing it sucks though because sometimes you know those religious christians give the other christians that really are in there with the pure hearts and the good minds it makes it much harder for us you know and it sucks but i guess at the end of the day the lord prepared us for that he, he told us they're, they're going to be non-believers and they're going to be naysayers and they're going to be haters. It's in the word. He said it. And they're going to, they're going to put their two cents in it. At the end of the day, listen to the two cents that matters, which is his. There's I'm a, done preaching, sis. I'm, looking <laughs> for, I'm sorry. There's a quote and I wanted to read it. So I'm looking for it. It says something about religion is a man sitting in church thinking about fishing and relationship is a man fishing and talking to Jesus. Yes. And I wanted yes. to read it and I was like, it could not relate more. Like that is relationship. Exactly like, it. That's exactly it right there. But it's yes. all about the it's all about the positioning of the heart, man. I tell people all the time when they tell me like, you know, but I don't know how to pray. Like there's no specific way, like a relationship. What does a relationship take? Time, communication, you know what I'm saying? Quality time, you being honest. He's going to teach them. The more time they spend with him, he will teach them how to pray. Exactly. Next thing you know, they're going to be like, um, hey, Lord, you know, it's me down here. I don't really know what to say. And then three months down the line, they're going to be, but in, in the name of Jesus, this and this, like he's, he's going to equip them. He's going to train oh, them. Yes. Just... Yes. 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 They're but that's why I say the enemy tries to hit them with the fear. Like you're overthink. Just go, just, just go. He's going to help you. He's with you right there along the way. He's not saying, come to me, cross the bridge and get to me. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm the bridge. I'm with you the whole way. Amen, sister. Do you have anything else you would like to share? No, nah, man. I spent about a good 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> this was a really awesome episode, though. Like, we shared a lot of wisdom, and I hope that whoever listens to, like, if it's for you, if the message is for you, it's for you. And I'm just so thankful that God has, like you said, given me this platform to share. And whoever, you know, the message is intended for, like, I will say one thing that I am not ashamed of speaking is my Jesus. I don't care who you are. I respect your your beliefs and I respect your opinion, but you're not going to change mine. Like I know who Jesus is. He's made himself known in my life plenty of times. I have people who say, you know, I see Jesus in you like and I'm like, that's exactly what I want. Like I want my life to be a testimony for Jesus. Anything that I've been through forgiveness, like, you know, people look at me like when I tell them I talk to the to the person who abused my son faithfully, like I talk to her and they look at me like I have seven eyes and I'm from out of this world. You know what I'm saying? But that is Jesus. That is a representation of Jesus. He walked me through forgiveness. And how am I going to be a hypocrite and not forgive when he has forgiven me for so much? Amen. But thank you so Thank you so much for being on this episode with me, sis. Um, I don't want to go over an hour, and I think we've been talking almost an hour. Oh, see, when Jesus comes in, he has fun. I mean, we're not going to stop him next time. We can keep going, but... No, I, I do just add this little disclaimer, because like you said, we, we touched mighty topics in here in no way, shape, or form were we throwing any shade, were we trying to offend or disrespect anybody. 
we're simply just like she said speaking from experience um and i feel like for the most part i was respectful and if i offended anybody or you know disrespected anybody in their opinions i mean to be 100 with you i'm only gonna say this and be real but the spirit of offense will affect anyone and whether we give that disclaimer or not if it's something in them that they know they have to work on it is going to offend them whether we say the disclaimer or not that they take it as a learning lesson and not you know but we have it but with that being said the intent of the episode was to share our testimonies and to share our struggles as single moms and in hopes that other people can relate and know that they are not alone and maybe the wisdom and what we've gone through can help new moms or new you know people that are going through this in the beginning of their journey like there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it all comes down to seek Jesus because he will he will help you you have a friend that can help you through these struggles but yes again thank you so much sis for your wisdom I love you and I'm so thankful to have a sister like you who is my very very best friend and um yeah I touch and agree and I hope that you know anybody who listens to this can relate in some way And I pray many, many blessings over all the listeners and over the podcast. And I'm so sorry again about last week not posting, but I will try my hardest to keep it on a weekly schedule. Yeah, let's not. Let's not let that be no no habit we pick up because we need my 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 joy in the morning. What you talking about? And if you have not followed me on Instagram, please go follow me because I do have a giveaway that I'm trying to do when I reach 100 followers. 100 followers. Let's get to 100 followers. Come on. I think I'm almost there, but I'm not there yet. So I need you guys to go follow me, Joy in the Morning Podcast. Oh, wait. What do they have to do? They just have to follow? They just have to to follow. And as soon as I see 100 followers... I will enter all my followers into a drawing and I'm going to do my first giveaway. That's simple. Nice. Like, come on, you, do you really not want to have a one in a hundred chance of winning something? I get two. Whatever. I get Joe Mary. And, what you mean? And I got my business. <laughs> IG. I'm two followers in there. <laughs> but anyways, thank you guys for real, for tuning in every week. I appreciate my faithful lis- listeners. I appreciate all the love and support. Sharing it really means a lot. And I will be back next week with another episode. So bye. bye guys. <laughs>